0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 1.
1: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. I am delighted to have you with me here where we can give you a dose of reality about what happened last night. My goodness gracious. Listen, I want to take your phone calls today. 877-973-7425. But hold off on them now. Let me just talk to you about... Joe Biden's speech last night, uh, here, just so you have a little excerpt of it.
2: Democracy endures only if we, the people respect the guardrails of the Republic, only if we, the people accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we, the people see politics, not as total war, but mediation of our differences. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. They don't understand what every uh, patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental.
1: One more, one more excerpt.
2: That the republican party today is dominated driven and intimidated by donald trump and the MAGA republicans and that is a threat to this country these are hard things but i'm an american president not a president of red america blue america but of all america and i believe it's my duty My duty to level with you to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Um, You know, the day that Donald
1: Trump got the uh, was inaugurated, there were riots. In Washington, D.C., and Democrats claimed deep shame about the country having gone towards Donald Trump. So it sounds to some degree to be a little bit of projection there. Uh, here's a little excerpt of Joe Biden practicing his speech before giving it. Uh, this is from inside the White House.
2: They, they,
1: they made him translate it into English from the original German to give the speech last night. Now look, I have very strong opinions about the speech. But I I wanna start the show in a different way. Believe it or not, I I wanna treat this somewhat dispassionately. Last night after it was over, I immediately got on social media and said the staging looked like Lenny Reifenstahl could have done it. Uh, And the the speech had to be translated from German. It was even, uh, he literally stood in front of gas lights to gaslight America. He had Marines behind him with Nazi red coloring, lighting the walls, and proceeded to tell the nation that half the nation is the enemy. I've strongly held opinions about this speech. I don't think it worked. Uh, I think it was bad. I think it was divisive. Uh, It was as bad as Donald Trump walking across Lafayette Park holding up the Bible, if not worse. But... I also try to be an analyst. You know my biases. And let me just step back for a moment before I really get into my strongly held opinions and talk about it from a different perspective. Joe Biden gave this speech last night on the Thursday before Labor Day. He did so after Penn State and Pitt had had their kickoffs for their college football games. So this was not a speech intended for anyone to watch. ABC, CBS, NBC and Fox News did not cover it. CNN and MSNBC did. They were the only two major networks to cover the speech. It got no other airtime. This was not a speech to be watched. This was a speech to be talked about. And of course, the talking heads in the media are talking about the speech today. But this wasn't a good speech to make as your closing argument, and that's what the Democrats say it is. It's a speech to talk about Joe Biden's closing argument for the midterms. And, in fact, progressives feel like there's a blue wave coming now. They feel like the tide has shifted. The Wall Street Journal polling suggests independents are going their way. But if you recall when Joe Biden went down to Atlanta and he gave his very divisive speech about voting rights— the tide was already shifting towards the GOP then. This tide shift to the Democrats, it's being picked up in, in trending among all the polling. You can't take the individual polls at their word, but you can see the trends in the aggregate. And yes, there has been a shift back to the Democrats in the last month or two, particularly as Republicans have been talking about Donald Trump what he did last night is he told these people that the, the democrats message is not the economy it's not uh it's not recovery it's not good governance it's not their ability to get things done it's that 30 percent of the country is irreconcilable with the country and they must be marginalized And please don't pay attention to the fact that it is the Democrats who have spent over $40 million ensuring that these very people's candidates get the Republican Party's nominations. That's right. The Democrats have spent over $40 million to make sure these MAGA Republicans win Republican nominations, and Joe Biden took to the stage in in Philadelphia to attack them and say they are a threat to democracy. If they are such a threat to democracy, why are the Democrats funding them? Is it because you think they can be beaten? Do you really want to take that risk by further legitimizing them? But the bottom line is that we have troubling economic news. The Democrats can't run on this troubling economic news. And they've now opened a hole for the Republicans to run through and make it about the economy and education and crime and the border, inflation, all of these issues, the Republicans can now use because Joe Biden's closing argument is about Republicans, not about America. And 76 million, 74 to 76 million people voted for Donald Trump. Donald Trump still has higher popularity right now than Joe Biden. But Joe Biden felt like the wind was in his backs and he decided he could pivot and he could do this. It's deeply flawed and and I, I don't believe me here. Roy Texera is a Democratic strategist and pollster. And this is the problem with Joe Biden's speech last night. Again, he did it on the Thursday night before Labor Day. In Pennsylvania, as all of the big college football teams were starting the kickoff season, nobody in the major networks covered it. Fox News didn't cover it. People were watching football. They weren't watching Joe Biden. It was staged like something out of 1930s Germany, so it was good that people didn't watch it for him. But the memes will live long after Do you know what the number one trending hashtag on Twitter was last night? Pedo Hitler. I'm not making that up. That literally was the number one trend on Twitter last night. Pedo Hitler. It was about Joe Biden in a speech. And so he stages it this way at a time no one's going to watch it because he wants it to be talked about. He doesn't actually want it to be seen. And the reason he wants it to be talked about is because he wants it to mobilize the Democratic base because the Democrats have bought into this mythology that they can mobilize their base. It's larger than the Republican base and they can win based on base mobilization. Roy Texera is this Democratic strategist and he's written about this. He says it's a mythology. The giant hole the Democrats are now in is hard to deny. Biden's approval rating, a key indicator of midterm elections, is below 40%. Now, he wrote this before his upsurge to 40%. Republicans are ahead in the generic congressional ballot, which is still true, which typically underestimates their chances and argues for a big election for them. Democrats' approach to digging out of this hole relies heavily on turnout. Either implicitly or explicitly, Democrats think issues like abortion, guns, MAGA Republicans, and January 6th mostly are ways of mobilizing their base to turn out at higher levels in the current dismal political environment. For in this in a typical example, Robert Cutner in an article, Democracy Summer in the American Prospect stated, the survival of Democrats in 2020 will depend heavily on turnout. Though Donald Trump will not be on the ballot, he will be our not-so-secret weapon. America today has fewer swing voters, but dozens of swing districts where turnout will determine the winner. If Democrat voters turn out, Democrats win. There are, however, a number of reasons why this turnout fix is highly unlikely to work and, in fact, borders on the delusional. First, some simple math. When Democrats persuade a voter to switch sides, that nets two votes for the Democrats, one less for the Republicans. When Democrats turn out one more voter to vote Democrat, that is, of course, a net of one. But it's really worse than that. Typically, Democrats think of increased base turnout in terms of turning out more voters from various pro-democratic demographic groups. Young people, black voters, Hispanic voters, college-educated whites, whatever. But not all the voters in these groups favor the Democrats, so mobilization of more voters from a given group may well net less than one vote per additional voter. For example, looking at congressional ballot preferences, Democrats may only net a third of the vote for every Hispanic voter or young voter, six-tenths of a vote for every additional black voter, just a sixth of a vote for every additional college-educated white voter. The math looks even more unfavorable when the following is considered. Democrats tend to assume that non-voters from a given demographic are the same politically as voters from the same group, except they don't vote but a mountain of political science evidence shows that's not so. Non-voters controlling for demographics tend to be less ideological, and very importantly, if they do vote, tend to swing in a direction of the prevailing political environment, which of course is terrible for Democrats and likely to be so on Election Day. That means the yield for the Democrats from higher turnout could be even less than the data above indicates. This is their own strategist, highly respected by Democrats. And the Democratic Party believed the talking point. Right now, in the Real Clear politics polling average, the Democrats have taken the lead for the first time since November of 2021. It's a 0.1% lead. Typically, at this time of year, it's what we see. The Democrats, however, believe that the wind is at their backs now. They believe that suddenly they've turned a corner, that they have alienated people. But what have the Democrats talked about for the last month? What have they talked about? Yes, they've talked about Mar-a-Lago. They've talked about Donald Trump. They've encouraged Republicans to take that bait. But what have they really talked about? They've they've talked about their uh, Reduce Inflation Act, which doesn't reduce inflation. They've talked about the college loan bailout. They've talked about Democrats are able to get things done. They've talked about Democrats have a path forward on the economy. They've talked about their agenda. Now the Democrats are the ones back to talking about MAGA Republicans, 30% of the country, whose campaigns they funded. This seems to me to be a political mistake for the White House to have done this. And by the way, a lot of Democratic strategists behind the scenes this morning agree with me. If you know where to look, you can see their passive-aggressive tweets. And these are some of the top strategists of the Democratic Party. On top of that, many of them aren't happy with the student loan bailout last week, which hasn't quite registered in the polling yet. So the Democrats took what felt like the wind at their backs by the seasonal polling momentum shift in their favor that happens every election season. They interpreted it as we've turned the of the blue wave is building, and now they've doubled down on an attack on half the country as racist bigots dangerous for democracy, while the memories of Democrats rioting in the streets over Trump and burning down Kenosha, Wisconsin are still in a lot of people's minds and Biden decided to time his speech for the night college football kicked off two days before the Labor Day weekend when none of the networks would cover it. That doesn't seem smart to me. I'll tell you what this seems like to me. When we come back, I'll tell you what I really think about it. I'm just analyzing the politics now. But there's a dangerous trend in the Democratic Party right now where progressives on Twitter rule the roost. They become really fixated on what progressives on Twitter think they really want to win the daily battle on Twitter. They've embraced this idea of the dark Brandon meme. It actually originated from Chinese propaganda sources. Democrats picked it up that that uh, t- to turn let's go Brandon on its head. Joe Biden is dark Brandon, and he's going to be ruthless against the Republicans and wage war against the GOP, and it's awesome. And it looks like they embrace this dark Brandon meme, including with the staging with the red lights and the Marines and all behind him, and that they're going to proceed in this way forward. Because the progressives are more interested in winning the Twitter fight than winning the votes of people because they've decided winning the Twitter fight will win them the votes. Except that's what cost Hillary Clinton 2016, and that's what cost Kamala Harris 2020, and that's what cost Elizabeth Warren 2020. They were so fixated on winning the daily fights on Twitter, they themselves are the ones who got distracted. And that seems like that's what's happening here everybody asked me about bowl and Branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers they're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch Where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bolin Branch uses the highest quality threads on Earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from Twin to California King. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERICYAR E-R-I-C-K at Branch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. All right. Uh, we're throwing open the phone lines now. If you have a take on last night's speech, I'm happy to take it. 877-973-7425. I am going to spend this hour on the fallout of the speech because I think it was a mistake and seeing enough Democrats today think it was a mistake as well tells me I'm right on this. But here's my bottom line on this as a partisan, as someone who doesn't much care for Joe Biden, uh, there are very few things he could make me do to like him even less and this is one of them. To stand in front of Independence Hall, to have the Marines and the presidential seal there, to claim this is an official presidential speech when it was a partisan hit job on half the country. If Donald Trump had done this, Jim Acosta would literally have peed his pants while crying on CNN. Don Lemon would be dropping F-bombs and the kids at MSNBC would be in therapy for the next three years. And instead, they've all got the thigh sweats because of their sexual gratification of Joe Biden giving the speech he gave last night. Kudos to the grownups at CNN, including Brianna Keeler, Jake Tapper and others for saying it was inappropriate to have the Marines and the presidential seal there for what was clearly a partisan campaign event. It was nice to see them call him out. And that's why I can say with authority, Joe Biden has a problem and the Democrats have a problem with the speech because it wasn't partisans like me calling him out for stuff like this. It was the talking heads on CNN who called him out for it. Forget MSNBC. CNN did that. Uh, You couldn't have gotten more Hitler than having Hitler himself give that address last night. It was absolutely bizarre. It was like if, if Adolf Hitler... And Stalin had a love child. It was Joe Biden's speech last night. My buddy Jason notes that Joe Biden gave his speech last night on the 83rd anniversary of Hitler invading Poland. The staging of the speech, most of you didn't see it. You may have seen the photos. The photos are not photoshopped. I have to admit, I didn't see the speech first. I went back and I decided I'd read the transcript of it. And then I started seeing the pictures. I thought that they had to be photoshopped. No, they were not photoshopped. Not only that, but the lighting literally did give Joe Biden a little Hitler mustache. He had this little shadow right under his nose, looked like a little Hitler mustache. It was absolutely bizarre that anybody thought this was a good idea for him to get up there. Uh, And basically his speech was entitled The Struggle. It was genuinely was not a good speech. If for the Democrats to make MAGA their closing argument because I personally think they're misreading the polling is not going to help them, in large part, uh, the economic news that's out there. This is CNBC.
3: Uh, the numbers are hitting the wires. thousand. Three one five is non-farm payrolls. And if we look at private payrolls, they were 308,000. Now let's get into the manufacturing 22,000 that's much better than the 15,000 expected and the unemployment rate think household survey here jumps up to 3.7 percent 3.7 percent that's the highest since February when we were at 3.8 percent now if we look at average hourly earnings month over month up three-tenths, that's a bit light of expectations, up four. It's definitely lighter than the up half of one percent, up 0.5, we had in the rearview mirror. And if we go from month over month, Becky, to year over year, it's 5.2 percent. Historically, a very juicy number, that's for sure. But we we're expecting 5.3 percent. The high water mark is 5.6 percent. That was in March. Now, if we look at all the hours worked, the average hourly work week, 34.5, that's also about one-tenth light, both to expectations and to our last peak, And finally, the labor force participation rate, 62.4. If there's one area that I'm always happy to see the numbers expand on, that would be it, which means it's a post-COVID equaled high. It's the same as it was in March at 62.4. But for those listeners and viewers out there, pre-COVID in February 2020, it was 63.4. The labor force is smaller, even though we have so many job openings. And the underemployment rate, or U6, is 7 percent. That moved from 6.7 percent, which was a post-COVID low. And actually, in February 2020, that was at 7 percent. It's one of the rare metrics in the employment report that actually started to come down more than its pre-COVID levels. Post-market, what we are seeing is interest rates really haven't moved very much. And so uh, the result is that the stock market
1: is up. They take this as good news. Uh, U.S. employers adding 315,000 more workers. You see uh, people coming back in. A lot of it, honestly, I think it's not just COVID. It's people who became uh, crypto billionaires are now crypto thousandaires, and they've got to go back to work now. That's good stuff. And now Joe Biden can't really run on that stuff. He's got to run on MAGA Republicans. That's his closing argument. But there are actually a number of of, uh, data points in the overall report that are also causing trouble. For example, food prices are expected to continue to go up. Nonetheless, after the speech last night, and and bear with me because I'm about to come to your phone calls, but I got to play this audio. This is Van Jones on CNN last night.
4: Coming into Labor Day weekend, you're starting to see the beginnings of what could be a blue wave. I mean, that you, I don't think people understand on the Democratic side how upset and now motivated Democrats are. There was a season of shame from the time that the Afghanistan exit was botched in this whole year of getting nothing done, where Democrats had our heads held down. Now, because Biden has been so successful yeah. on his legislative agenda and Republicans have been so scary in what they're talking about, taking away women's right to vote I and mean, women's right to choose, attacking the vote and then you have donald trump basically saying if you come to washington dc and beat people up on my behalf i would give you a pardon that scares the crap out of people and that's making people want to stand up and go vote and so now you have the economy on the one side which i think motivates um, the republicans but you have this sense of democracy under threat motivating democrats biden was speaking for tens of millions of people yesterday, uh, last night, and I think that you're going to see this clash now. It's not going to be just a red wave. There's going to be a blue wave fighting back.
1: Uh, You think so, but David Axelrod, who is Obama's strategist and uh, senior advisor, is on Twitter today saying the speech is definitely going to help Democrats in blue parts of the country, but what about in swing states? And if you want a sense of how bad it is, this literally just happened. The president's already walking back his speech from last night. Yesterday, Joe Biden tweeted, uh, Donald Trump and MAGA are a threat to the country. He said it as much last night in his speech after the tweet yesterday, and now this from 12 minutes ago. All right. Hey, Mr. President, Do you consider no. all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country. No, everyone, come on. Come on, come on. It's hard to hear him there, but he's telling Peter Ducey, I, I don't consider any Trump supporter a threat to the country. Do you not remember your speech from just last night? or or your tweet from yesterday, really? This was the tweet. Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat to the very soul of this country. And now he says, I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence and fails to condemn violence when it's used refuses to acknowledge an election has been won. That's a threat to democracy. Um, You haven't condemned the attacks, the firebombings of the pregnancy center. So are you a threat to democracy, Mr. President? This is the hole he and the Democrats have now dug themselves into as they move forward uh, into the 2022 closing two months. Now, let's take your phone calls on this. Uh, I want to start with uh, Bob. You're going to be up first. Bob, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Eric. It's always nice talking with you. Uh, This is obviously I'm going to talk about the speech last night from President Biden. My Maternal grandparents grew up or came, lived through most of the 30s in Germany before they immigrated to the United States. And when I was growing up, I had long talks with them about what it was like and what went on. And from what they told me, I equate what Biden said last night to a Megal That And that they said that there was an incident with the communists where there was a riot Hitler declared martial law and took over the country. And I know that may have far reach, but he is acting so irrationally, in my opinion, that I don't put anything beyond him.
1: Yeah, listen, um I one it's uh, he has he can't actually declare martial law to the extent you or I would think so because of the states and the supreme court. But I understand why you think that. I do, and that's kind of the problem here. Uh, the speech was designed to fire up Democrats. It wasn't designed to persuade independents. It was designed to mobilize the Democratic base. And that may help the Democrats in a seat that was D plus 10. Remember, Republicans for a while thought, you know, we got a chance now in seats that are D plus 10. And his seats were Biden won by 10 points. we got a chance. I don't think the Republicans have that chance anymore. I don't. But what about in the swing states? And that gets to David Oxelrod's cautionary tweet. What about the swing states where it's Biden plus one or Biden plus three or even Biden plus five? Now you, you've alienated independence by attacking Republicans. You're not running on your agenda. Um, here's what I think Democrats miss. They have chosen themselves to place themselves in progressive enclaves around the country. They will win in those areas. Republicans will not have a chance. But what about in the other areas of the country? the swing state areas of the country where the Democrats don't control stuff. They'll certainly be motivated, but they don't hold a majority there. They depend on independent and moderate voters who had been in the last month trending their direction, who because of some of the economic news out there today that doesn't actually, when you get into it, look very good, looks destabilizing, are gonna head back to the GOP. That's going to hurt them. They've misread the polling. I'm telling you all, they've misread the polling. Tommy. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi there.
0: Just uh, want to lighten up everything a little bit. I was watching YouTube last night, one of my guilty pleasures. And I saw Eric was uh, pop Eric Erickson popped up. There was a car with a food camera uh-huh. and it was driving along and the video on their dash cam was picking it up and it was Eric. And I and I remember I was watching. I heard you on the radio when you used it about you know you read the book. You know how it's going to end. You know. Uh-huh. So anyway, I just I just told him it's called Idiots in Cars Compilation Number One Zero Five. Wow. Toward, you know toward the se- second half of the video, but. uh I didn't recognize the location. I couldn't figure that out, but, uh, I just thought I'd have to call you and lighten up everything a little Man, bit. I,
1: look, I appreciated that. That's hilarious. Uh, and I'm glad to know I wasn't the idiot in the car. <laughs> All right, let's go. Ruth, Mary, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
5: Oh, good afternoon, Eric. I, I ended up turning off <clears throat> the person giving the speech last night. Uh, it, he just infuriated me, but what I noticed. Right away is, is, like you said, the background, the two Marines. And my husband, who is a Marine, when he saw that, that, oh, he was so irritated. He was infuriated that he was using the Marines. And not only that, we also noticed that the Marine next to the Pennsylvania flag, state flag, was way off center. And I said, I wonder if he did that on purpose as a protest or what. It wasn't, they weren't positioned correctly. But, I mean, that, because of military, that's why that kind of popped out to us. But I couldn't believe his speech, what I heard of it. And I thought, okay, we still have people still protesting at the uh, Chief Justice, you know, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. places. And then what you have brought up, all the different things. And you got that um, idiot that's going to be the running mate to Chris spouting off like crazy almost as, as crazy as what he was up there. And I thought, and you got the nerve to call the rest of us uh, idiots or, you know, uh, the words that he used, anti or semi-fascist and so forth. I thought, you better look at yourself in the mirror or before you start calling the people other things, you better look at your within your own party. The point is that the people who are going to support – uh trump no matter what are still going to vote for him and the people who are going to vote for joe biden or for the democrat party they're going to stand by him too so it's like you said it's going to be the independence of some of the other people that are sitting on the fence this may yeah, change yeah, their yeah, opinion
1: and this is the was Mary listen thank you very much for that and this is the point that I, I just i listen i've run political campaigns i've never run a presidential campaign but i've run statewide campaigns i've run local campaigns i myself have gotten elected I'm a student of politics. I, I've, I've taken the classes. I've taught the classes. I know how to run campaigns. And I'm just listening to all of this from last night thinking, how does this make a persuasive case for independence to come to you when your case to independence over the last month has been about uh, your policies, your ability to govern, your ability to get things done, the Republicans have no plans, and now you're back to MAGA Republicans are a threat. And now with less than 24 hours later, Wall it all back say no no I don't think they're a threat that's that's not good politics Joe Said you're gonna be the ex next welcome to the program
4: Eric yes welcome good to talk to you again you know what I think I think that there are, he did this exactly on plan that make Democrats to be proud and be fired up and Republican are mad and upset or conservative in the middle of all this, is going to get the water muddy on the swing states. As a result, they're going to bring the uh, ballots, the absentee ballots, and they say it's not safe for people to go vote, and they're going to do something like that. Is that possible?
1: Oh, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if we suddenly have um, COVID, the midterm edition where they suddenly decide that everybody's got to have absentee ballots again to try to pull things off. I don't think that's going to be possible this time because I think they're alienating independence with stuff like this. I do think that Joe Biden uh, or Donald Trump in 2020 really did alienate independence more than a lot of Trump supporters care to admit and I really do think that this stuff with Mar-a-Lago alienates independence about Donald Trump and the Republicans rush to stand by their man actually is deeply distracting to a core closing message from the GOP. I think it hurts the GOP and the trend lines in the polling that have been positive for the GOP all along have shifted to the Democrats. It is seasonal. It is, fluctuation. It is a fluctuation. It is reliable that this happens. The question is, does it sustain itself? And the Democrats seem to have known all along the seasonal fluctuation was when they needed to build some momentum. And now Joe Biden comes in with the student loan bailout in this speech and essentially ties their shoelaces together. And I don't think that this helps the Democrats moving forward persuade independence. They think that if they just turn out their base, that they can win. And I don't think that's true in any way, shape or form. And I think this kind of scuttles any momentum the Democrats thought they had. Now, listen, before I get out of here, uh, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, this is the last day, y'all, for the BOGO. And I got to remind you about that. Uh, it really is a great device, particularly for odors. If you have a litter box, so you keep your litter box in, in uh, your garage or your laundry room or something, and, and you just you, you want to eliminate the odors. The Eat and Thunderstorm really does work. I use it in the kitchen for fry odors. I keep one in my suitcase if my hotel is musty or the rental car has had somebody smoking in it. The Thunderstorm eliminates odors, whether it's pet odors, cigarette, cigar odors, urine odors, cooking odors, you name it. And right now, when you buy one, you get one for free. No matter how many you buy, you get an equal number free. So if you buy two, you're going to get two free. Buy five, you're going to get five for free as well. You've, they've sold over 265,000 of these, and they just work. You plug it in, and it just works. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow. EdenPureDeals.com. You use the discount code ERICBOGO, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O, right there on the front of the website. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. There is a box right there. You put in ERICBOGO, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O, and you'll buy one, get one free, buy two, get two free. You get free shipping regardless of how many you buy. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code Bogo. Shipping's free. You can go get one, two, three, four, five right now, and you'll get extras for free. All right, let me see if I can squeeze in one more call here before we go to the next break. David, you're gonna be up next on the Eric Erickson show. Welcome, David, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm fine, how are you? Great. No, I've been listening and and watching this whole thing unfold and this just seems like the biggest rope-a-dope that's going on and that Trump is not running for anything right now. Mm -hmm. Get on the Trump issues in December focus on all the failed policies of the Democrats, and there is nothing they can hang their hat on to defend. So I think this whole thing is just the Democrats causing a fuss to keep the eye off the ball.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. This is, it's designed to fire up their base. It's designed to be a distraction. Uh, And I look, I don't think it's going over. So right now at the White House, while I am talking to you guys right now here, David, the White House is largely apologizing for having Marines present. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, I'll get the audio here, it just happened, um, is is very defensive about why the Marines were in the background, which you're not supposed yep. to do for a political event. If you keep in mind, when Donald Trump did his, inaugur- his acceptance speech for the GOP in 2020 and they had the event of the White House, they kept the Marines out of the picture. Um, So they're defensive about that, and now you've got the president walking back his claim that Republicans are threats. Literally, he tweeted yesterday that Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat to the nation, and then he said it last night, and he just 15 minutes ago now said, I don't think they're a threat, that they are in full walking back mode, should tell you everything you need to know, they screwed up and they know they screwed up, and Democratic analysts are behind the scenes telling them they really screwed up.